Good morning. It is Monday morning, time for Monday's meditation. I hope you had a good week, a little better than the week before with the severely inclement weather. So today we are, um, we've gone on from the prayer series and um, I feel like God has given me um, some words to say on trials. So trials, I don't know about you, but I think of the verses in James. And um, so we're going to start with the ones in the um, first scriptures in James. I'm going to read the first part that, you know, um, kind of goes with it, but I'm going to focus mainly on um, verse 2. So, um, 2 and 3. So James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes spread abroad. Um, greetings. So in his time, they, if you read the epistles or the New Testament letters, um, they put their name first. So that's kind of, I don't know, we put our name last on the letter, but um, they wanted to know who, they wanted them, to, the readers, to know who it was from. So we'd say, hey, James wrote us a letter. Let's see what James said. Um, Paul wrote us a letter. Let's see what Paul said. Instead of reading the whole letter and going, who's writing all this and under what authority? So he's calling himself a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a bondservant is an interesting word. It is um, not as we think as uh, these days. We have a different reference of it, but it's a, a, a doulos slave is what that was called, if I'm pronouncing the word correct in the Greek and it was a slave who willingly wanted to be with his master and he would go even after his ownership it talked about I was um, going through I think it was an exodus reading my Bible through a year and it talked about he put his um, ear on the door and he would drive an awl through it AWL and would make a hole in there so he would know he was that type of slave and so um, James is willingly calling himself that and if you look in like commentaries, I thought this was really cool. It said, um, someone who belongs to another, a bond slave doesn't have any ownership rights of their own, but ironically, um, bond slave in the New Testament is used with the highest dignity, specifically of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. Willingly live under his authority. I don't wanna have rights in, uh, of my own. I want to know what the master says, and I want to live with him. So this is how he says, this is what he greets them as, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes spread abroad, um, greetings. Okay, 12 tribes spread abroad, that's pretty easy, but it's, you know, um, basically um, the people of Israel who were living outside of Palestine and dispersed among the Gentiles. You know, they were the dispersion. So when it says, Consider, uh, count it all joy is, um, uh, one of the versions says, and consider it all joy, another version says. So consider it all joy, my brothers and my brother, brothers and sisters, you know, some brothers, um, some versions don't get away with the word my brethren, but it says my brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you encounter or when you face various trials. Now, we're going to go with that word count. Some versions say account it all, but we don't use that language anymore to account it all joy. We say count it all joy. And remember, when they use different words in different, um, in different translations, they are not cha changing the original language. The original language is staying. It is always going to be that. It is not changing at all. And you say, but, but the language I'm reading it in, in this new um, version of the Bible is different. Yes, 
because our, our word language changes. If you go on further in this scripture and it says, um, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who, uh, you know, who upbraideth not is what the King James Version says. Does any of y'all, any of you guys use the word upbraideth in your um, speech these days? No. Um, that was a, you know, think about Shakespeare's time. That That's a hard language for us to understand because we don't speak that way. And so we have to have courses on how to understand what he was meaning with those words. And um, at the time, it was very understandable. But we're not in that time anymore. So we have to change the, the reading of it um, to be more current with our speech and the way we talk but it is not changing the original language, the original word, way, the, uh, the, the original meaning of the, um, of the language of the Bible. So I want to make that clear. So count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Um, I don't know about you, but that's not my first reaction to trials. It is not to go into count it towards joy. Now, let's go over that word count. It's an accounting term. Um, it could be, you know, consider it, you, you think about it. But when you think about it, you put it in the positive column of pros and cons in life. Accounting term would put it in the deposit column. So it's a positive thing. Count it all joy. So when you count it up, when you tally it up, you count it over here. Now, I don't know about how many of you are accountants, but if you count it all joy, you're saying, God, I'm going to put that in the positive column, you know, when I think about it. Um, that counting, think about, it talked about in um, Genesis um, 15, 6. Um, and he believed God, and was talking about Abraham, and God counted to him, or it was credited to him, or counted to him as righteousness. You see that word? That other word, it could be used there. It was counted to him as righteousness, or it was credited to him as righteousness. A deposit was put in his account. That's what that means. Now, counting, you know, we count things as a tally and a list, and we, whether it's goods or uh, products or anything else, we count, you know, we put it in a list. So as this accounting term, I want you to think of this. Because I think some of you, I think most of you out there listening, are um, more of an accountant than you realize. Okay? Because, think about this. How many times do you count situations and you right away evaluate them and say, is this positive or negative? Is this situation in my life positive or negative? And you evaluate it, you consider it, you count it one way or the other. Now, we need to be careful with counting. Um, we do need to count our blessings, but um, as an accountant, that's what you want to be counting, counting your blessings, not counting all the wrong things. Um, because those things are deceptive. Because if you count the wrong things, this verse says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Well, if a trial comes up, I'm not going to count it as positive right away. Do you get what I'm saying? So if we, on the surface, just evaluate something as it comes into our lives and we count it, we're going to put a lot in the negative column. And then we're going to look at life differently, not the way God intended. You know, when you first encounter something, think about an encounter. You know, it can be the whole event. Um, he had an encounter with... Um, 
Jesus Christ, and that's a lifestyle thing. So it can be a whole event, but think of encounter as that first time when you encounter various trials. Count it all joy right when it comes in your life. Again, I don't know about you, but that's not my default reaction. But I'm going to tell you, last night as I was mulling over this and, and praying about it, kind of thinking about it, um, when I thought immediately as I was going through this verse, God reminded me of someone. Someone when I was doing home health that I went to see. And when I walked in the house, it was just the elderly couple, and I was there to see the, the wife. And I remember it being peaceful, but distinctly peaceful. Like, it was the most peaceful house I ever went into. Ever. At, ever since, you know, up until that time, that was the most peaceful house. And to this day, that is the most peaceful house I've ever been in. And you know, it was interesting. We were not of the same um, denomination, um, but we connected right away and began to talk. And i telling you, that woman had the sweetest spirit. And she was going through a horrendous situation. Um, you know, I won't get all the details because it was, it was very odd and unusual. And um, it was very, very painful. And it lasted for a while before it ended. Like it had an end to it. There were things that were happening. And I would go in and she would maybe still be in bed that morning and would go in and talk to her. And she would say, oh, look what happened. And it was horrible. It was a horrendous thing. And she would just tell me. It wasn't like she, um, she wasn't like say joyful over it. She wasn't happy these negative things were occurring. They were not um, something pleasant. But she maintained such a sweet spirit. And what, it, what I wanted to talk about is count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Because we know, it says in the next verse, that the testing of our faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But it gives a, a little caveat here. If you lack wisdom, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who does not chastise us for asking and it will be given. So, you know, the first part talks about the trial. And then right away it talks about the testing of our faith, but then it talks about all these wonderful things that are going to occur with this trial or with this testing of your faith. That's what you latch onto is all the things after that and let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. That's what you keep your eyes on. You know, Paul talked in, in one of the verses and I can't think of it right now. Um, but I press forward, I press onward or upward to the prize, to the high calling and the prize that he was going to get. That's what his focus was on. Because think about all that Paul went through. I mean, he tells in one version how many times he was stoned and shipwrecked and left for dead. And yet he's still, he's still reaching and climbing through all those trials and tribulations and persecutions He's still looking forward and pressing on for the calling he had and the prize that he knew he was going to get in the end. And that's what this verse focuses on. You know, when it talks about trials, I looked it up in commentary in the original language. I, looked, I mean, in the um, original languages, I looked it up. Trials, um, 
is a, uh, a word from two words. You know, the Hebrew and Greek is an interesting language, but it's more colorful um, when you look at it. But it comes from, um, it says, um, temptation or test, both senses can apply simultaneously, depending on the context. The positive sense of test and the negative sense of temptation are functions of the context, not merely the words themselves. So what's going on around it is what it's saying. And in this situation, it's a trial so that you will end up better, more Christ-like, more prepared for the next situation because you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And even if you, even if you lack something like wisdom, you're going to ask of God. And as it says at the end of the verse, it will be given. And then you look at that word. So we know, consider it all joy, count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. For we know the testing our faith. So it doesn't use the same word. And I always think that's interesting. Count it all, brothers. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. For we know the trials. But it doesn't say that. It switches words a little bit. And so the testing of our faith. Now, that... Um, word is is very interesting um, it's it's what it says is what is found approved the testing of our faith what is found approved or genuine after the testing the focus is on the inevitable results of this let me read that again it's what is found approved or genuine after the testing it is focusing on the inevitable results of this that's what it is. It is enduring because you know what's coming after. I think, um, well, let's look at the word endurance. I did a little study one time on the um, original languages of the fruit of the spirit, and I really liked that, again, because it just gives such more, uh, hopefully you'll get it. Um, it's, uh, I can't pronounce the word, um, neo. okay, so, one, hupom, Hoop, om, one. Okay, so I'm, I probably butchered that word, but it's two words. Means under and to remain. So to remain under, to endure, endurance. We get that word, but to remain under. You hear that willingness, like uh, James said at the beginning, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, of God and of Lord Jesus Christ. He willingly put himself in that position, a bond service, a doulos slave who willingly said, I'll stay with the master. You are so kind and loving. I want to be in your care and cared for you and under your household management. But it says, properly means remain under. It's endurance, steadfast, especially as God enables the believer to remain under or to endure the challenges he allots in life. Okay, think about that for a minute. Properly to remain under, endure steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to remain under the challenges he allots in life. And I think that needs to be the focus, and we're going to wrap up with this. I think that needs to be the focus when you encounter various joys. And that's the way you can count it all joy. You may not, may not feel joyful, but you can count it as an accountant. You can put it in the positive column because of the sovereignty and the love of God. Because it says, I'm going to read it again. Especially as God enables the believer to remain under or to endure the challenges he allots in life. There is it. 
He is. It all comes back to that. The sovereignty of God and the love of God. I know who's, who this, is, this, this situation is all about. It's all about kingdom purposes. It's all about me becoming more Christ-like. And it's not something as used as a temptation or to crush me. It is for um, me, we count it all joy, when you encounter various trials. It is for me to have endurance and to be perfect and to be lacking in nothing. And that part sounds great. But what it comes through is when you encounter various trials. But you know what? Because I know my God, I count it. I'm going to count it. I put it in the positive column. I put it in the deposit column. And I count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when I encounter, when you encounter various trials. For we know that the testing of our faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect work. I'm just trying to pray it away right away. Let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So this week, this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about the things that come your way this week. And what is your first thought? Again, not to go, oh, yay. That's not the context of the verse. It's an accounting term. And um, so count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Think about what is coming my way and let me evaluate it through the lens of my God instead of through the lens of oh this is horrible this should never be around in my life count it all joy evaluate it through the lens of the sovereignty and the love of God and what you know the word says happens when you encounter various trials and what's going to be the fruit of that when you remain under when you endure what is going to be the outcome of that again it tells us very specifically um, let the let endurance have its perfect work because the testing of our faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing the focus is on our change and our, our um, learning during this time so do that this week if you have any questions let me know but I hope you have a blessed week to, this week I was going to say blessed week this week that sounds weird doesn't it but anyways have a great day and have a great week Bye-bye.